0: everybody! We are here for Mock Draft Mondays! Have Deshaun over there, I'm over here, Tyler's in Colorado Springs, indulging in adult beverages because a best friend of his is getting married! So, we'll skip him and we're going to talk about what Deshaun wants to talk about tonight. Salary cap and the implications it has on our draft. Right after this. Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Hey everybody, it's Dave here again. I want to welcome Viking Jerome and Dan. Watching in the group, Joseph is hiding in the background drinking, which is all right, Joseph, I can deal with that. Scup scrollers. uh, Freddy is back. Good to see you. That is awesome. Tonight, we are going to talk about the implications of the salary cap. Deshaun, you're the one that brought up this topic. Start it off.
1: All right. The, the, the Vikings have so many ways they can go with a salary cap. Uh, obviously, the first domino is Kirk Cousins. Fortunately, it's uh, the hot topic for the next few weeks of our lives and kind of the only thing there is to talk about it. <laughs> um, oh, there's so a staff- few more
0: things happening in the next few weeks. <laughs> but, yes, it's the big picture. There, it's the big yeah, one.
1: So the staff seems to be super pro-Cousins, just like background, where they've worked, where they, they've all kind of run into Kirk Cousins at some point. And their career. And it seems like they're all big Kirk Cousins guys. But as we know, uh, our general manager is all about efficiency, not trapping yourself long term and being pro cousins, being efficient long terms. Those things don't make don't mix very well. So we'll see how that comes out. But as of right now, the most logical move seems to be to trading Kirk Cousins offseason. That seems to be the most logical. Because you can you can extend Kirk Cousins, don't get me wrong. You can extend Kirk Cousins, kind of go for that one one more like raw playoff run or whatever. But next season, you run into the exact same issues you had this season. So, And you can't extend him again after just extending him a season ago. So as of right now, the thing that makes the most sense is getting Kirk Cousins off the team this season, which I think is going to be a little harder and not get back as much return as people think. So if you go on Twitter... The idea is that you're going to get a first-round pick for Kirk Cousins, and I think that's a little off. Just because whoever you trade him to, he's almost going to always need that commitment, that extension, because no one's going to want to pay him $35 million a year. You're going to have to give him an extension, or the Vikings are going to have to eat about 20% of his cap, of his thirty five mil to facilitate a trade to a team that might not have as much catch base or a team that doesn't want to commit long-term. Now, those teams, if those people are wondering, Indianapolis Colts make a ton of sense now that they got rid of their... They said they've been willing to cut Carson Wentz if they can't find a trade partner. I know they're working hard for a trade partner, but if they cut Carson Wentz, I think they save like 13 mil in cap base or whatever. So if you were to trade him to the Colts and eat some of his cap, it, it works out for them. They still get to have cap space to make a splash. They're a team that's already ready to compete for their division, so it makes a ton of sense for them. We have the Denver Broncos, who have cap space to spare, and they also have two second-round picks, so that also works out for them. And Then we have teams like the Steelers, and then we have teams like the Commanders, which is very weird to say. That's that's odd. Um, <laughs> the commies. Lauren will get exactly worked out uh top five money is here in a bit oh so top five money for quarterback that is oh i want
0: to say bring it over well we don't want to see twitter oh right there (laughs) if you look at the right column and it's under the mock draft mondays logo let's see if i move No, that ain't gonna do anything all right For quarterback, it's up on the top line, and I apologize that the Mock Draft Monday logo is sitting on top. Maybe I can get rid of that for the moment. Uh, All right. Oh, cool. There you are looking at the 2022 um, average per year spending on the top five quarterbacks and the in the right-hand column and the top 10 in the left-hand column. Why I do this with my uh, draft tracker or no, free agency tracker every year. As you can see on the left, it's a quasi depth chart. It's not a hundred percent accurate, but it's close. It shows who's where the people in red and the one in blue, Greg Joseph are all some sort of free agent. The, uh, um, Red is all free agent, blue is restricted free agent. Over on the right hand columns, you see what a top 10 in that position gets paid, the range they get paid. As of right now, per over to cap, a top 10 quarterback runs you 25.7 to 35.4 million dollars a year. Right? A top five is 30.1 to 35.4. Million dollars a year on average, right? Kirk Cousins' average, I think, is 33 or 35 million per year over this last contract. Now he's counting 45 for us because we moved money down the road. Now we got to pay that back because he's on the last year of his contract. And where did you go, Deshaun? You disappeared off the screen. (laughs) Um. It is uh where did you go? Why aren't you showing? Boom boom. This is weird. Oof. I don't know why you're not showing up there. <laughs> um but there you are. Oh there yeah. Um it's so he's already making top five money. And if we trade him, like you said, he's going to want an extension and wants to make more money. We know Carr from Vegas wants to make forty million a year. He and he's about the same quality quarterback. We know San Francisco's trying to trade um, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. And people are probably going to want to pay that. You don't think we're going to first? I think the market is ripe and there will be first thrown at these people because of last year's market. Um because there are comp- all of those three are competent quarterbacks. Will they get you all the way? Probably not, but will they make your team respectable, especially if you're, you know, like the Carolina Panthers, which was Judd reported made a call today, um or Judd reported today that they had made a call on trading for Cousins. Yes. All those guys would make you respectable. Could they get you over the hump and into the playoffs? Possibly. Could they go all the way? Well, that's a big question mark. But if you're starting from a lower point and just want to become respectable, that may be a good thing. Or if you're in a weak division, the Panthers, i.e. the Panthers, suddenly you now have one of the most competitive teams in your division and you can win. That drives up the market price. You have NFL Network almost every day saying how much our coaches love Kirk Cousins, right? That can be purposely done, released by the team to up his value and trade value, if that's indeed what Quasi and um, the coach, new coach Kevin O'Connell wants to do. We don't know yet. We won't know until it happens. So um, it's it's a big deal. But there's your money. Lauren, you were the one that asked. Yes, he wants top five money for being a 10 to 15-ish quarterback. And Like I will said, it only takes it? one team. Yeah. Will he get it? It's possible. It's whoever pays. You can look down this list at the different positions. Uh, we were talking about me and Drew Bunting were talking about how much CJ hams is being paid? CJ Ham's being paid over three million. He's at the top, and he's not the top paid um, fullback. But his money got spread out. He's being paid over three million for a fullback. And for a fullback, and he's still under contract for a fullback in a system supposedly where we're not going to use fullbacks. That's an interesting name to keep a hold of. Uh, not that you're going to get a whole lot on a fullback, but. It's one of those things. Quarterbacks are so valuable. I think Kirk, if he does get traded, will get a one at least next year, if not this year. I know you want to go with twos, um, but I'll bet bet they get a one. Now, what do they do with that? I have no idea, but we'll find out. But there's your money. Everybody in red is a free agent, so you can see – that there are a lot of holes that need to be filled to put together a 53-man roster for next season on top of putting a 90-plus-man yeah. you know, roster to get to next season.
1: Yeah. All right. So we're going to start crunching some cap numbers right here. So this is a, this scenario I went with. So I found that the, most, the best suitor for Kirk Cousins is going to be the Denver Broncos. I think that makes the most sense. I think he'll do well there. I think the Broncos can accommodate him and his contract. But what I did was we traded Cousins to the Broncos, and we ate about 11 mil of his contract for two second round picks in this year's draft. So that would have brought us down from I think we're about 16 million dollars over the cap to about per OTC, minus 2.9, we're 16, yes. per O2, yeah, per OTC, yeah, per OTC over by 16 so the cousin street we get two second round picks and but we're still over the cap by 2.9 mil. but now we have four top 75 picks so that right off the bat you're already sitting in a better spot next to deal with is daniel hunter so i have a list of players in their contracts who don't really make sense to get them off the team daniel hunter is sitting number one at that list Trading Dino Hunter right now just does not make sense. And now, unless someone comes out with like a crazy Khalil Mack ish offer, then it kind of makes sense, but you're not going to get that because he's had two season ending injuries in a row. Extending him just kind of makes sense at this point in time. Like, e- even just like straight up, straight up cutting him, I think net you like $12 million in saving or whatever. But it just at this point in time, I just don't see any sense in moving Dino Hunter at all, extending his contract. Is supposed to save you somewhere in the range of $14.6 million, which is more than enough. As of right now, Hunter stays on the team, and I think that's just kind of like the logical answer. That brings you up to about 11.7 mil in cap space. Okay. Now, the the most questionable, there's two super questionable ones, or well, three oh, actually. Oh,
0: let's hold off before I'm going to go on Daniil Hunter. Daniil Dani- Hunter right now, let's pull him up. Is still under contract through 2024, I believe.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. All right, here's his contract 2022. He's got a cap number of 26 million. 18 million of that is in bonus paid and the fifth day of the league year. And you can see through 2023, his cap drops down to 8.6 and then 2024, 2.24 million. Now with that, what is written into his contract and this per um, Nick Olson of Locked on Vikings or not Nick Olson, but, uh, uh, Boy, I'm having a hard time with names tonight. Luke Braun. Luke is, you can take that $18 million bonus that he's getting paid, and you can, um renegotiate that as bonus payment and put out that bonus payment over the next two years. So you could actually mm-hmm. lower his cap hit for this year, but spread it out over those 2023 and 2024 if you want to. That gives them the ability to do such, and they don't need his permission to do it. He's still getting the same amount of money, he gets it paid up front. Um, but they pay it further down the line. The team does now. If they believe Kirk or Danielle Hunter is the guy to go with, they're gonna do that and they're gonna keep him, and that frees up quite a few more millions if you take Mm -hmm. you know 16 million. Or eighteen million bonus, and divide that by three. You're, you know, that you're only paying a third of that now
1: this that, season, right? Yeah,
0: that lowers yeah, that cap hit significantly
1: by a lot. Oh, and right. that just it just Six makes million. makes yeah, yeah, it makes too, way too much sense. So now the three that are questionable, and it's because of scheme. So we talked to the guys today. Uh, we talked about uh, Ed Dontrell, I believe that's how you say his name, um, coming from Vic Fangio and how they're going to run their scheme. I think we all kind of agreed that it's going to be a lot like what the Chargers do. So that means kind of like the 5-1 and the 2 high shell defense. Michael Pierce might be really important to that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's he, I think you save, I forgot how much it is. It might be 9 mil or 7 mil. We can check that, how much we save by cutting him. Okay. Well, with
0: cap savings. Yeah. Pre-June.
1: So I don't expect him to get cut early. Now, when you have two second round picks, you can use something like a third, maybe one of those seconds to get it into your defensive lineman that can play maybe all three downs as, I mean, Michael Pierce kind of took a step forward as a pass rusher too, even though he wasn't on the field all that much. Um, He is 30 this year, so you might be able to get somebody that can play through down, somebody that could kind of be better at some point. But as of right now, just because of the way that defense is ran, I feel like he's kind of too important to cut right away. So I would not expect him to be cut in in March or April. If he is cut, I would expect it to be a post-June 1st cut for him. I think he stays early on. Same with Harrison Smith. I think Harrison Smith stays, even though there some people tweet about maybe his contract isn't as good. I honestly don't think his contract is that bad. It's not, it's not a great contract. They kind of paid him kind of like what I call like that legacy contract where it's like, he's been with the team forever. It's like mm-hmm. just paying him his dues. Cause he's, he's like a borderline future Harlow famer kind of player. So it's kind of the contract he got. So we'll, we'll oh, see he's
0: making but, there. We're seeing him with, the thirteen five, right? Right. hmm What does a top safety get? Top safety in the league makes sixteen
1: nine. 9 So I don't know. I think for for what he can do, and then mm-hmm. I think I think the scheme that he's gonna be in is going to elevate him. And I also um Cam Bynum. Is going to do well next to him too. Mm-hmm. I think for what he can do, it's not a bad contract. I think you you kind of settle him back into that deep range safety that he can right. be, and then you kind of let Con- Cam Bynum, who tackled well, who played zones very well, was very active when he was in the box, kind of replace him in that role, and you have a solid safety duo. You'll need to, you know, just because his age, you'll probably need to add one more guy to that mix, but. As of right now, I'm comfortable with where Harrison Smith is at. Next season, you can move on from him. But I think as of right now, you don't mess with that contract. And then there's Adam Thielen.
0: I'll bring up the top pairs on the team. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Adam Thielen, I actually, in this scenario, gave Alan Thielen a restructure, and I pushed some of his money down the line just because in the last two seasons – the Los Angeles Rams ran eleven personnel. I want to say, like combined over the last two seasons, it was like eighty-three percent of the time, or something wild like that. Adam, Adam Thielen is going to be immensely important to this offense, whether it's as the second wide receiver or whether it's at the third third wide receiver as he gets older. I don't think you move on from Adam Thielen within the next two to three seasons. So, what I did, I restructured his contract, and I think it opened up about seven million. Seven point eight million dollars in cap space, and moves us up to about nineteen mil in total. Now, I think I'll get a little bit of pushback from that because he is thirty two years old, and I think it's, that's that's a border that's a borderline one. But I think just because of the scheme you're bringing in, you want players, established players there already, as you start to really put guys like KJ Osborne mm-hmm. and ISM into bigger roles. And Adam Thielen, I feel as though even if he's not the second guy, I think he can still do really well as the third guy until he's maybe thirty four, thirty five plus. All
0: right, if he gets there, but you're talking about restructure, keeping his contract yeah. the same and moving some of the, turning some moving money into and bonus and spreading it out yeah. over twenty three and twenty four.
1: Yes. That's what I That's what I did in this scenario. Just to make, because this free agency pool is actually very kind of pro their situation. There's a lot of cheap talent that can be used in this situation in almost like long term. There are a couple names here that we're going to list off after we come up with like a final number mm-hmm. that I think that can be really useful for this team like right now and even the year after. So... I have them at about 19 million in space, with the ability to make more if needed. This is also, I know, in Kevin O'Connell's presser, he talked about bringing Anthony Barr back. I don't think, I don't think it's like financially responsible because he made what nine million dollars last year. I don't think he's going to take a pay cut. I don't think he's going to sign for less than that. So I don't think bringing Anthony Barr back. Even though I do, I do think Anthony Barr would be. Important to this defensive game, I think he would do really well. I think fans have waited so long to see him in that three-four defense and kind of see him rushing, but I just don't think it's super responsible to bring him back. And plus, this draft has a lot of talent and a lot of athleticism. So, whereas I feel like you can kind of get someone to emulate Bar, maybe not be the exact same because Bar was a specimen coming out. He was. He was big and fast, and I'm not sure you're going to find somebody as physical. But you can definitely try and try to emulate what he was able to do.
0: All right, right now he is a free agent, but we are paying dead cap money of nine million on him already.
1: Yeah, I think that was like that I think that someone had told me. It's, yeah, someone had told me that's already like calculated into the new sixteen.
0: Oh, it is. It's it's already in yeah in there. Because we have to pay it. Right. This, this right. right here is a good example of void years, right? Um, a team can restructure and restructure and restructure players, moving money out and out and out and out in the future, right? And they can even do it and call them void years, right? The, the New Orleans Saints are kings at this. They're paying, I think it's still like $20 million and dead cap for um Drew Brees. And he's been retired over a year already. This'll be the second year. And it's and it's ways to push that out. It eventually catches up, right? Like the Saints, you're paying over twenty million for Drew Brees. That's twenty million you can't spend, you know, this season. And eventually it comes down to where you can only go to the point where you have nothing but uh minimum salaries on everything. And that means you've got a crappy team. So we've already pushed out two years' worth of Barr's numbers. They're going to have to re-sign him, and he's going to have to agree to it, and then add to those numbers. So are they willing to do such? I do believe Kevin McConnell would love to have Anthony Barr as the weak sign linebacker, with Kendricks as a strong side, both of them in the middle, both of them able to do their thing, and I think it would be a beautiful com- combination as long as Barr's knee holds up. I think, he'd play, I think he'd play the position absolutely spectacularly, Pro Bowl level spectacularly. I think it's, it's that good of a fit. But is quasi going to buy off on that, saying that's the most efficient when we're spending – premium money to do such
1: yeah and actually i love this this weak side linebacker class i think the second and third round has some athletic guys it has some smart guys has some strong guys some fast guys it all depends on what you want i think whatever you want you can find it in this draft on the weak side linebacker position that's why i'm a little less inclined to hang on to anthony barr because i feel like you can find somebody that can do not do exactly what he can but do it to the point where you might not miss him and be if like a lot cheaper so if if i was running the team i would not bring anthony Barr back just for the sake that i think i'm going to fortify other areas and then be able to draft a guy that can do what he do would do what he does so that leaves us because i think you have to subtract six million dollars for like um the draft especially now since we have two second round picks it leaves us with 13 million dollars to sign free agents which is not a lot Mm-hmm. Who does who does this team not fit with the new? Uh so CJ the Vikings Hamm. have a lot of Yeah, yeah, definitely CJ Ham's a big one for sure. But the Vikings have a lot of star players, especially yeah. on defense. On defense, it's just like a they they have their stars, one at, almost one at each level, and then a bunch of role players. I think what they're gonna do is like you you make your you make your stars fit your scheme most of the time. And I think that's what you're going to see with Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter, traditionally a 4-3. I think what you're going to do is have them modify whatever he's doing to fit in their defense because he's that good.
0: Now, Eric Kendricks. He will have no problem. He's He's gone. He's rushed out of a two-point stance before. He can do that. The reads are slightly different, as I explained on a previous show, for a defensive end going out of a two-point versus and having – um. 3-4 Three four are responsibilities versus um, a traditional four three. The reads are different. His whole responsibility on a three four is going to be to contain. All right, on his way to the ball carrier or to the or to the quarterback. Always the quarterback. He's going to want to uh, demolish the quarterback no matter what. Every time he gets a chance, but he's working his. Your first step. For a defensive end, is into the outside guy that you're lined up outside of. Try to stand him up. Hand works a little bit different um, because you're in a two point stance versus in a three point. Hand works, you're going to try to stand him up. You're reading where his helmet's going. You want to go through his head because the ball is going on the other side of his head. He can do that. He can shed blocks, he can read inside out. The only time it's different is if there's a flanker to his left, then it's read in with the first step, read out, and then it's across the backfield and in, all the way down to looking for a pulling guard that's aiming for your ear hole. Trust me, I know I was knocked out once by one. Um, But he can do that. He's athletic enough to do that. He's athletic enough to be outstanding. And the only difference between a defensive end and an edge, right, or outside linebacker in a 3-4, is that he'll have, on occasion, some pass coverage responsibility where he covers the flat or he covers what's in front of him going out. I was always taught if you see the running back cross your face, you go out with him that because that means the running back's going out to set up for a screen. You're putting yourself in between the quarterback, and the running back, prime position for a pick six, and you can go. Those are responsibilities as an edge, as a, quote, outside linebacker. Wanham, believe it or not, has the ability, the physical abilities to do that, and he was even used as an outside linebacker a little bit last year because all the defenses are hybrids. It's just I don't know if Wanham's good enough to take that next step to become opposite Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter would be fine. I have no issue with that. You talked about Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce would be that nose tackle, that true nose guy, right? The 350-pound-plus fire plug that doesn't move in the nose. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson would be good as one of the defensive tackles, lining up in the three or four technique he would be fine both those guys have played the 3-5 before they both know how you're switching from single gap to gap and a half responsibilities and then the linebackers change their responsibilities rather than a specific gap they're looking for the gap opposite of what the defensive tackle has and they're filling those holes they're also reading a little bit different that's how that fits those guys all fit. Right? They will have no problem with the transition over to the new defense. Harrison Smith will have no problem with the new defense. I don't think Cam Bynum was going to have a problem with the new defense. Our issue on the defense is some more linebackers per se because you're not you're going to have edge guys, but you also want some more linebackers to beef it up depending on the situation of what you're doing, and then also corners. Corners, corners, corners are going to be a big deal. Patrick Jones, GMAC, I hope he can develop into that. I wanted to see him play more last year, but he was one of those third-rounders that barely saw the field because he was a third-rounder drafted by Rick Spielman, and Mike Zimmer wasn't talking to Rick Spielman. I think uh, Patrick Jones could do it, but I I need to see more of that, and I look forward to more of that when it comes to camp this year.
1: Yeah, I think another other rated part is that defense that Armo Motts is going to see the field a lot more with yes, both Pierce will. and Thomas, and both, he'll be that both other defensive tackle.
0: Trail. And this because yeah. you need basically three different three D defensive tackles in a proper three five base. You have a nose tackle that's Pierce. And then you have the defensive tackles that are lined up in three or five techniques or head-on, quarter-on. They're playing gap-and-a-half, so they're watching the gap on one side. They're controlling their guy. If the running back comes back, they're able to shed and get the running back. Linebackers filling the sides. It's an all-out how you fill the gaps and how you do it. Armand Watts, Dalvin Tomlinson, and uh, Michael Pierce in the middle. I think would be an outstanding defensive line.
1: That is a great defensive line. Now, James Lynch. I like James Lynch to stay in that rotation role, but James Lynch and Omar Watts both took big steps last year. So if they were to cut Pierce, it's not the end of the world, even though I do think he'd be really good in this defense and you'll have the extra draft picks to move on from him. I think Pierce does really good. And I think Watts does great next to him. I think Thomason does great, but if we're moving on to, like you said, cornerback is going to be a weak spot on this team. We don't have any. <laughs> I think Cam Dantzler is like the last one yeah, on the roster yeah, right now.
0: Basically. basically. Um, I mean, there is a couple of others here if we look at the depth chart for corners. Oh, here. Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd <laughs> and Perry Nickerson. Ooh, that gets uh, you I so was... excited. Um <laughs>
1: Chris Boyd got cooked by Hollywood Brown. And that was the moment I was like, he yeah, that's not it. He got he got absolutely destroyed by Hollywood Brown. So I do have a few few agent names here that I like a lot. There are the the one that I have started. This is like my first choice. There's Desmond King signed a $1 million, a one year, $3 million contract with the Texans. And I remember us all saying, like, what, we couldn't pay that? (laughs) So he did not have a great year. I mean, it was OK. It was as OK as you can be as a defensive back on the Houston Texans. And I think I, right now I have him valued at a two year, 12, 14 million dollar deal. And that's going to be like with a lot of bonuses, a lot of like playing time and, and uh, contract accelerators or however you say it. Um, I think you can get him to sign for a, a cap hit of about five million dollars this season. Now well, if, if you, you look you back at his chart play
0: well why char- why do
1: that do it uh... well because he's <laughs> he has starter. he has starter experience so he comes in I mean he's not corner one right away because I think cam Danzler has a chance to be that, but when it comes to experience and play to, playing time, he's basically becomes the number one corner on the roster so I think you come in I think he comes in he gets a better contract than when he did, which is one year three million dollars so I have it at like like, uh, okay, started
0: at a base at three and put in, uh, um, likely to be earned bonuses or earned bonuses where, you know, if he does so many snaps or he does s- grades this well, or if he makes the pro bowl, he can, he can up that to, you know, six right. or seven million.
1: But also, well, with free agency, you know, everything's a bit more. So even if he did come cheap, I think you're probably going to be paying a little bit more than the $3 million that he ended up signing for. Another name that I have is Kyle Fuller because of that connection. Oh. He signed last year for a one-year $9.5 million deal, I believe it was. He's a veteran. I think he's been to Pro Bowl before, but he is turning 30, 30 years old. I do think Pat P is not coming back. Um, I think the one thing that we had, we did have going for him to come back, was that we were going to sign a defensive back coach that I think he was really tight with, but that guy decided to go to the Jaguars because he had more control of the defense and more say. So I don't think Patrick Peterson is going to return. Kyle Fuller, I have here for Plus a one Kevin year. Peterson
0: season. is not a cheap corner. You're paying right. for his pedigree and his years in. Um, so it's all about efficiencies. I think that. Kwesi is going to look at the efficiencies and how best to match those. And don't expect it to be completely done this season. I expect it to take at least two years, if not three or four, just to get everything back under to the flow where they want it. Now, in that three to four years, three to four years out from now, I expect this to be perennial playoff appearances. Now, whether and hopefully competing for the Super Bowl, but it's going to take a while to get the cap back under control. And I'm curious how much Rob Brzezinski, being our cap guru and being, you know, renowned throughout the league, was forced to do transactions in the last couple of years versus how he wanted to do transactions. So we'll find out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, next up, Kyle Fuller. I think you get a little bit of a down just for his familiarity with the system. And then you just you get a starter level, even though he was benched last season. Kyle Fuller was bench last season. But the Broncos had great cornerbacks. So, if you slip, you're probably going to lose your spot. I have him at a two-year, 11-minute deal, 5.5 annually or whatever. Um, I think that's a good – you get a, a – Former Pro Bowler, he's 30 years old, but I think you get somebody who's already familiar in their defense, someone who can play and not be a complete liability in coverage. So those two, those are my top two. Now, if you want to get a little fancy, I did add in one slightly big name. So this is Levi Wallace from the Buffalo Bills. He had they have him ranked. I think OTC had him ranked CB 17. He's had two solid years back to back with the Buff with the Bills. They had his market value at about nine million dollars, which is a little. A little too much for us if we're sitting at like, if we're sitting at like fourteen That's or fifteen. Peterson, but if we were, buddy. right. But if we were to sign him, it'd probably it would honestly be backloaded. I had him at a four years thirty seven mil with a first year cap hit of only about seven million dollars. If you wanted to sign a guy who you think will be really well that first year and really kind of play with Cam Dantzler. So that was kind of it for the cornerbacks that I had. Obviously, Desmond King being the one that I would sign because I think he gives you, I think he gives you the best chance of signing free agent that's going to play well above his contract, and that's what you want. Now, these the the interior offensive line is the only position that I would address this free agency, and I have a couple of names here that I really like. The number one being Brian Allen. He was the center from the Los Angeles Rams who. Not Los Angeles, yeah, Los Angeles Rams, who just won a Super Bowl and obviously <laughs> they're still in St. Louis, if you ask me. But um obviously the connection is there with Kevin O'Connell and now Wes Phillips, even more reason to come over. They had his market value at five million dollars, super affordable for us. I had a four-year twenty point five million dollars, but like four point two for the first year as the cap hit. And I think that gives you a massive upgrade over Garrett Bradbury, and the most underrated part, he comes in. He knows the offense already. He mm-hmm. knows the protections already, and that's just like for, when you are bringing in. Obviously, you move cousins, so you bring in a rookie quarterback, or you are playing Mon, or whatever you end up doing. That's a, a huge comfort, Or whatever. Yeah, or a bridge. Yeah, or yes, that's a he huge would instantly comfort
0: become the leader in the transition of going to the new offensive scheme. He would know it. He would know the coverages. He can get the line squared away as to, all right, you know, on this, we're blocking here, here, and here, or we're pulling this, or we're doing that. He can deal with the quarterback on the – this is the mic right in this formation. We're setting that. He can call that quarterback and learn. I I actually think that is a bright, very intelligent way to go, and I would recommend that viewers mark it down on your calendar – Deshaun said we're getting the L.A. Rams center. And uh, let's see if that proves out to be correct.
1: Yeah, I have this one, double stars. It just makes way too much sense. New coach, new team. You bring in one of your guys that you trust to know. He's like Mm – it's basically like having a third on the field for a bunch of new guys, especially since you might be having Wyatt Davis start next to you who's basically a rookie, Ezra Cleveland, who's a young guy. So that – I think that right there, that just – that would be – immense for your for your offensive line room all right secondly here i have justin Britt. he's also from the texas formerly with the seattle seahawks they had his market value at about six million dollars so i have two year 15.5 with the with around about six 5.5 the first year another an an average guy wouldn't sign him over brian allen then we also have austin corbett he was the right guard from that from that offensive line He signed a dirt cheap contract last offseason, and he played okay. He played well enough, and I think this year I had him at two-year, $8.5 million for like four mil a year. If you wanted to, if they wanted to, you could sign both of them, and you can just fix your offensive line one offseason and not have to worry about it anymore. You have two of your guys in with two good tackles and a guard who's turning out to be pretty well – and then I feel like the Vikings jump up to maybe a top half line in the NFL.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, so yeah. that's that's Very the route. Well, could be.
0: Yeah.
1: It could be. And and if we think about it, the Rams back in 2017, 2016, they built their offense in one season. The line had holes, they patched those holes right away. They didn't wait. So if they came in, did Brian Allen and did Austin Corbett, I would not be surprised at all. Or if they went one corner one lineman I don't think that would hurt either you do have Wyatt Davis there so it would make sense to give him a shot but if they decide to go this way I think you are probably setting yourself up with a top 15 offensive line which is something that they have not had in a very long time and you're setting this young QB for success very early or the bridge guy
0: well you also have Oliudo, and as we read this week Wyatt Davis is down here in Texas I want to say in Dallas working with a uh, a line coach and trainer specifically to not only get into top physical NFL shape, but to also work on his skills and supposedly the O line coach. And I don't remember who it was is going to help him mentor him with that since he can't have contact with the team because of the stupid CBA rules that those irritate me, by the way. Uh, I would love for coaches to be able to call and say, hey, do this, you know, but they can't. That's against the CBA. Um, so he's working down here, getting ready for the season. That bodes well. Uh, you have both those guys, but you also bring in a veteran. You're talking about a corner on the other side. I, don't, I think no matter what, we need a corner um, because, yeah, we'll probably address it some in the draft, but we're gonna, we need three corners. You have to have three starting right. corners. Because right? you got to consider the nickel a corner. We're in, in the nickel formation or dime formation over 81% of the game. So you need that third one. We don't have that. We need two starting quarterbacks. You could fill one of those with a rookie. You're un- very, very unlikely to fill two of them with a rookie. So you're going to need a competent free agent to fit those in. That costs money. We're $16 million over. We've discussed different ways that we can get under the cap, and it could be a variety of those and some we haven't thought of
1: to get Right. That. So say in, this yeah. is, say in this situation we signed Brian Allen, we signed Austin Corbett, but we do need that cornerback, this would be the kind of situation where I'm weighing my options. I would – turn to cutting Pierce in order to get that veteran presence just because I have that second round, that extra second round pick, and I can use that on an interior guy who has a little bit more balance when it comes to pass rushing and run stopping. So it's always nice to have that, to have that option there. So that's, that'd probably be the role I would go down just, just because like, yeah, having two rookie cornerbacks starting for you next to a guy who's, you know, just now not a rookie. It probably isn't a recipe for, for success when you're just rebuilding your defense.
0: Well, our so, top with the- cap hits, obviously Cousins, Hunter, Thielen, Kendricks, Harrison Smith. Dalvin Cook has a $12 million. Um, That's possible. However, I do think the O'Connell and crew want to keep him. Pierce, Barr, Ryan O'Neal, you're not going to touch because you just gave him the new contract. Alvin Tomlinson. Garrett Bradbury. Um, he, if you cut him, you're not saving anything because of his dead money hit. Um, so you keep him. He's a backup. He's on the last deal of his rookie contract. It's not that expensive. Then comes C.J. Ham. Derisar you're keeping, Watts, you're keeping Irv Smith, you're keeping because it's cheap. Um, that'll go up once his contract's over. Uh Cleveland, you're keeping. As I that's that's it. You're not gonna find, you know, a whole lot after that. We're gonna need a kicker,
1: unfortunately. Um Oh, is uh is he not on the contract anymore? Who was it? I forgot. Our, I'm sorry. Oh man, what was his name? Kicker
0: is an unrestricted. Or not not unrestricted. He's a restricted free agent. We'll probably keep Joseph. We're going to need a punter.
1: Oh, Greg Joseph, right. Who Barry. Oh, Barry was good. Joseph Barry was good. He was real good.
0: That's why I'd like to keep him. But he's a free agent as well. (laughs) And uh, what was interesting, I had the numbers on the salary numbers. I had it from two years ago. What numbers went up and what numbers went down? Because some positions actually went down for how much they were being paid while others went up punter is one of those that went up <laughs>
1: that's such an odd position to Picker go kicker went
0: down a little bit punter went up so i and long snapper jumped tremendously
1: <laughs> someone someone got a real good contract <laughs> right. well a bunch of someone's.
0: i mean there's 10 i'm looking at 10 different contract levels the lowest is 1.2 million but um that's just so, the way the cookie crumbles.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, in when it comes to what they're going to do, obviously you want to go to trade Kirk Cousins and not have to eat any of his cap space, but I'm not sure how, how realistic that is.
0: It depends I, where the trade partner sits in the draft and whether you're right. buying that pick. You know, the pick is... I'll give you Kirk Cousins, you give me your number one, and they may say, Well, my number one is the number, you know, the fifth pick or whatever it is. And you go, All right, I'll give you Kirk Cousins plus here's 10 million to go towards his salary. So you owe him only I'm twenty 25. Right. Now you just bought that first round pick for 10 million and Kirk Cousins.
1: Right. So I think I if you get Kirk Cousins down to about 20.4 24.6 million dollars, I think that's the cheapest starting veteran quarterback in the NFL at 24.6, at least like viable veterans. So you're like, you're cutting out guys like, like uh, Andy doll and Teddy Bridgewater uh, sh- and guys like that. You're not counting guys like that. You just, you're counting long-term starters guys that are going to for sure are going to be on a team every single year. 24.6, I believe is the absolute cheapest so we're looking at, the at the most, we're looking at eating about $11 million at the absolute most. Obviously, you want to get under that so that you have more cash for yourself to sign some of these guys. But as many of the guys in the chat say, free agency this season isn't super important. You're not really looking to sign a whole bunch of free agents this year. So draft capital is probably the number one thing, and that's what we should probably be aiming for. Just because Kirk Cousins is requiring... He's going to require a extension. No matter where he goes, he's going to want an extension, and he's going to want forty million dollars a year. His camp is really No, pushing. ho,
0: ho, 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 ho. Yes, he's going to want that, but that's not required for the trade. It's not. If we, the, the, the Vikings, going to be extension- have sole power. They can say, Kirk, you're going to Miami tomorrow. He's got to pack up his bag and go to Miami. That's right. But the team up now. Most teams, if they're going to accept the trade are going to want to get him longer term than just a one-year rental for the price they're getting. Right. But that's not on the Vikings at that point. That's purely on whatever team wants it. The Vikings have 100% power over Kirk right now and can say, we're trading you to the WFL or um, whatever it is, XFL, Tuesday. They're giving us this. We're giving it. See ya. Right, it, the, right. That's the Vikings now. That's the, I, I they think can't I, trade him to the XFL, but they can trade him to whoever in the NFL they want, as long as they got agree an agreeable partner on the other end.
1: Yeah, I think whoever they trade him to is probably going to want to touch base with like Kirk's camp first before they and then kind of. And I think that's where probably is part the, of the trade.
0: They're going to say, "Hey, we want to trade right. for him, but we need to first make sure he's willing to play for us for two or three years first.
1: Right. And I think that's where the whole eating cap space comes from. And I think that's like, if, if the other team touch bases with Kirk's camp and they can maybe agree on a extension that only pays him maybe 30 million instead of 40 million. I think the Vikings, I don't think the Vikings will be required to eat much of his cap space, but if he's, if the camps are touching base and Kirk's like sitting firm at 40 million a year, cause I mean, Derek Carr is not acting for 40 million a year. So I mean, Kirk deserves 40 million a year. So that's when I think – that's where I think it's like the Vikings like, all right, take him for this one year and we'll eat whatever – we'll eat 11 a million's cap and make him the cheapest of quarterback. So, that way you can still add more pieces to make that Super Bowl run that you're getting Kirk Cousins for.
0: Mary asked, if we trade Cousins, then are we okay with a rebuild year? I think most fans – I don't, I don't know if the Wilfs would be. That's the big question mark.
1: They're not. They're so. They're gonna. So I tweeted this earlier. They're not gonna like rebuild fully. It's gonna be like. I don't think it's gonna be like half ass, but it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be the whole. I'm selling my whole team. I'm starting from scratch. Rebuild. I don't, I don't think that's what you're gonna see. If you can get Kirk Cousins off his off your team, not have to pay any of his contract, and you get picks in return, you're gonna see them try to execute as quick as a turnaround as they possibly can. Because offensively, you're already there. You're looking at plugging two holes on the offensive line, which come cheap. You can probably plug those two holes for, what, $16 million combined? Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at positions like backup tight end, wide receiver four, stuff like that that you can get through the draft. And then you're looking to rebuild your defense with some role players and maybe some good players here and there. You're not going to see them go full rebuild. It, what happens with Kirk Cousins is going to dictate the entire offseason Unfortunately, that one decision is kind of going to kind of like that one decision is going to basically decide all your other decisions, unfortunately. So we're kind of waiting for that. I don't think you're going to see this team go full rebuild at any point this season. I think you keep Kirk Cousins, you have him there at 30. A
0: retool. You're going to take, you're going to get rid of a few players or adjust salaries and bring in a whole bunch more to replace guys that are leaving. Mark. You are 100% correct on your uh, we'll pay Kirk crazy money. Yes, because that's the human condition. There's always somebody that thinks they can fix him or make him do better mm-hmm. or whatever it is, the ego, something there. That can happen. Now, you want to look at, let's look, see, cap space. Here's the teams and their available cap space. Um, I. We'll roll it up here. In just a second. Just to let you know, the higher ones, obviously on top, they're showing the Vikings here with sixteen million, a little over sixteen million in the hole, effective over twenty because you got to pay your rookies, and that that's the difference there. But available cap space, the Dolphins have the most. Then come the Jags, Chargers, Bengals, Jets, Broncos, Colts, Seahawks, Commies, Steelers, Bears, Browns,
1: Lions. <laughs> the Commies. <laughs>
0: oh, That's an abbreviation for a new name.
1: <laughs> the DC Commies. <laughs> um. So I mean, the Steelers are an option too, but they're they're kind of cap tight even if we do eat their eat like a lot of his contract i don't think we're going to eat enough for what the steelers i'm not, i haven't looked at their roster yet i'm not sure how much space they can create but as of right now colts and broncos kind of make the most sense to me steelers they're a little too tight to the cap i think but those are going to be your your two places to move cousins and we'll just have to sit and wait and see what happens. Which the weird part is that there are quarterback. I mean, obviously, weak QB classes people are saying, but I think both teams have both teams have good structure to nurture a rookie quarterback with um, with skill set with the skill set to succeed. And I think that's why that's why I'm kind of on the fence about getting a first round pick for Kirk Cousins. Obviously, the Colts are not in that position. But there's going to be a quarterback in the second round, whether that's Carson Strong, whether that's uh, Desmond Riddler, or if that's, um, oof, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, the quarterback that like broke Joe Burrow's record, who will probably also be there in the second, whether they believe in one of those guys, that's why I'm kind of sitting where I am with, I think the Vikings will need to eat some of that cap to facilitate a trade, just because there's so many options out there. You have Russell Wilson that's now being linked to the – um. The commanders, which I think is a great trade. I think that's a trade that works for both teams. I love that trade for them. You have Aaron Rodgers, who we don't know what Aaron Rodgers is doing yet, but as of right now, Hopefully obviously, firing. Cap. Right. The cap's a myth. You can do whatever you want with the cap. As of right now, it does not look like the Packers are going to be able to re- resign Aaron Rodgers, but who knows what kind of cap gymnastics they can pull off. You have Deshaun oh, Watson. Oh, and they are hurt, obviously. As you
0: can see, they're. 56 Ugh, million. They are hurting. 53 million over the cap. Um, right, and it's to already basically been over- extend everybody on this team to get their cap hits down.
1: Yeah, and there, yeah, Bailey Zappi is the one I talk about, and yeah, but um, there's already been reports that they're talking about extending DeAndre Campbell, who I think made the All-Pro team, but so that's not going to come cheap. So they're they're a mess. I don't, it does not look like Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to, to return to that team, but maybe they dump their whole team to bring them back. Who knows? Yeah, um, they still got to
0: pay that money. That's all money that's already owed. Okay. See, that's the problem with right. the Saints. The Saints are basically at the end of extending everybody, and now the the bills coming up due, and they're not going to be decent for a, a long it. time. I'll right. say. They got to get. They got to hope for the draft. Is what. You know, they got to do. Um.
1: And then we have Deshaun Watson and his legal situation. But Deshaun Watson's time in Texas is over. Um, regardless of how you feel about his legal situation or whatever, it does look like he's going to play football again. And if he does play football again, he's the number one quarterback on the market by far. So, uh-huh. whatever. So, that's kind of like already. Auburn- Eliminating one of our spots for Kirk Cousins, I think the Broncos are going to be. Yeah, in on but him nobody heavy.
0: thinks his legal problems are going to be done by the time the whole quarterback carousel spins up and then spins
1: back down again. That's the problem with I, Sean I, I, Watson, right? Yeah, I think he's still working to like. I think I last we heard about it, he for was, him was actively to the Vikings. Right, and I think he's actively trying to clear his name. But the 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 weird thing is. Deshaun Watson was never not allowed to play football. He was – I think he was even denied the commissioner exempt list. Right, I because think the Texans, the Texans wanted, refused wanted to,
0: to play him.
1: Right, right. They wanted to put him on there, but I think he wasn't allowed or something, so they had to like actively pay him on the roster. So there's never been a Deshaun Watson can't play football. It's a more so who's willing to take that risk because his legal situation is not going to be over – and you're basically going to be paying three to first four, three to four first round picks for a guy with a question mark. So yeah. we'll and, and most teams are going to wait off on that.
0: So they're not going to do that right. until the legal situation solved. That's going to still take some more time. Like I said, most of the quarterback moves are going to take place before he's even available to be talked about. He may have to go on. He may get paid because the, the Texans owe him. Something like thirty two million dollars this next year, even if he sits on the bench. So that's right. That's gonna happen. And uh Aaron, twenty two women are wrong. Uh and I doubt it. I uh, it probably happened. He's probably a sleazebag um that did it. Yeah when, I mean when it comes to ooh, football skills, he is still one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. do they wanna risk it? I mean we had Adrian Peterson and his issues. We've had other players with their issues. It's a matter of is he gonna put people in the seats and make money for the Wils? Then they might. Whether we like it as a fan or not, that's this is a business. As long as he yeah. can clear that up. Who knows? I don't think he's coming to the Vikings. I'm just saying there's rumors that have
1: yeah, out there.
0: So and there are teams like the Texans who have a strong enough fortitude to say, "I he may still may be on the team. We still may have to pay him, but we're not playing him." So, right. Not everybody is corrupt.
1: There's those. Right, and then there's Derek Carr too, who they they don't know if he's going or staying or whatever. So there's options out there. So we'll. It's going to be an interesting off season for sure. The cap situation, you know, all hinges on this one guy who... Hopefully this decision comes sooner rather than later, but we'll have to see about that. His salary for this season is already guaranteed, so I don't think the Vikings have to rush anything. Um, unlike what the Colts, we call Carson Wentz, the Colts have to make a decision like right. sometime in the next, what, three, three weeks? Um, the Vikings aren't in that position, so we could very well see this drag to the... Drafts. Hopefully, that's not the case, but we'll see. Uh, It's going to happen sometime between
0: now and the first round of the draft, I would suspect. So, right. Well, we've hit an hour. Uh, We have an hour. I am not going to go into a mock draft version five. (laughs) We'll save that to next week when Tyler gets back. Uh, We're going to wrap this up. We hope this cap talk has been enlightening on how the different ways the Vikings can go about clearing up some of their cab space. As you can see there on the screen, they do have an issue and they've got to fix it up. Uh, Thank you Deshaun for bringing up that subject. It was a good one to hit tonight. Let's see if the viewers have any last questions.
1: Yeah, I hope you guys uh, – I know a lot of people don't, but I hope you guys uh, take time to watch the NFL Combine next year. Mm-hmm. Next, Not next year. Oof, next, <laughs> next week. week. But But uh, <laughs> – Yes, and today um, – You learned? They were
0: going to stick them in a bubble, all the players, right? And the players protested, 150 of them protested, and now they blew up the bubble. They're back to normal, no COVID rules, so that they can continue with getting the meals they want to get, you know – and doing the training they want to do versus being stuck somewhere and being fed cafeteria food that suddenly throws them off their whatever high protein diet or whatever it is that they're doing for their training. So, it's a good thing.
1: Right. And that's a and good for them really because like they're like at the mercy of the NFL with things like this. So, good for them to stick up for themselves with that and kind of demand the treatment that they deserve. Aaron, no, it
0: still hasn't been fixed yet. I've turned it a little bit which uh, it stays a little bit longer, especially if I sit softly, um, if I suddenly drop, you'll know it when again. So, but it's holding <laughs> for now. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, uh, any last words there, buddy? Um, no, man. Uh, I think next week we're going to have some actual like prospect stuff to talk about some performances to talk about. And think that's where the fun is going to start. We're going to start hearing about franchise tags and we'll have some stuff to talk about, get some things rolling. We're kind of sitting in a Super Bowl lingo. It lasted a little longer this time. You know, like Super Bowl happened and things just kind of slow, but it's uh, good to see the Vikings get their staff together. You start to get a a feel of what they're going to run. Um, It looks like it's a good thing. Like we got the full Rams offense in Minnesota. So you can look over game field. You can rewatch their games. You can see the kind of things they've done because most likely it's going to happen here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. It's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see what they do with this team.
0: Yep. And if you haven't already, like and subscribe. Least like. The YouTube algorithm loves it. And I only see two likes up there for the show already. And we've gone a full hour. And I know we've got well over 60 people watching. Um, <laughs> uh, please do that. It helps us. It helps us bring better content to you. Uh, The little bit of funds we do make go to subscriptions so that we can research our stuff even better. um, One of them is OTC, uh, their premium that I've got. Stuff like that, it helps. Uh, So we do appreciate it, and we hope you have a good rest of the week. As for shows this week, we have In the Huddle tomorrow night, Maybe. I don't know if Jason hasn't talked to me today to see whether he's gathering the guys together. We will find out. Wednesday, we do have a show Wednesday. Matt is adamant. We have a schedule for throughout to the big draft uh, extravaganza. We've got beat reporters every single week between now and then. The only one we missed was last week because of the conflict of Matthew Collar and his jury duty, which he is still on. And uh, we tried to get the score nor- North boys, but they were also, there was some miscommunication there and didn't get them. We will have somebody, I think it's Will Raggetts, on Wednesday. Thursday, uh, both Eric and Flip Mo- and the great Flip, Flip Mozzie, should be back for their Vikings hot takes. And, of course, I want to thank everybody for watching, two old bloggers, on Saturday. And we look for another great episode this coming Saturday. What do we say, Deshaun?
1: Hey, turning this purple around here, man. That's right. Hey, I hope everybody had a great a great Valentine's Day. I don't know if I was here for that. I hope you had a great President's Day, if that's a thing we celebrate. But no, <laughs> February is almost over. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you passed, right?
1: Uh, With that,
0: (laughs) Skull Vikings, climb in the pocket. Thanks you for watching. Remember to like, subscribe, ring the bell, and if you're listening, rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull.